Hello and welcome to Insights, the podcast with your host, Joe Parnay. Join me in this deep exploration of our personal journeys from ambition to meaning, where we stop living life fast and start living life deep. This is a journey of waking up and realizing that our lives have never been about us, but about others. True success leaves positive ripple effects on other souls. I believe that success needs to be redefined from our own personal ambitious endeavors to be redefined as the value that we leave and give to others around us. Join me now as we begin this journey to deeper connections, even more fulfillment, some fun, curiosity, life, love, and all good things. Your deeper journey from ambition to meaning starts right now. Hey everyone, Joe Parney here and welcome to episode 90 of Insights, episode 90 and it is November 2023. Can you believe it? November, it is flying. So a couple of exciting things I want to share with you if that's okay on a personal level. Well, after 17 years of, uh, well, nearly 18 years actually, of being dedicated to this work full time of understanding emotional fitness, understanding what drives the human condition you know, just just learning more and more about that, you know, the most important thing of all, which is relationships between us and the people that we love and care for. Finally, finally, I have got a book. <laughs> people have been asking me about this for years. And finally, I've got this book together. And it's called Courage to Be You, Your Guide to Mastering Uncertainty. Uh, it's being released this month. So maybe at the time of this recording, it might not be quite ready on Amazon, but uh, maybe go and check it out uh, now or check it out soon if you're if you're interested in uh, having a read. So uh, yeah, this book is essentially the culmination of uh, the last, uh, was more specifically really the last 10 years of my work, which, uh, and and this framework of emotional fitness is a framework that uh, I've delivered literally thousands of times to tens of thousands of people over more than, you know, the last decade plus. And um, it is with profound certainty that, ironically, I have written a book about how to master uncertainty. And uh, and to do that, it's about embracing what I call having the courage to be you. So um, for those of you who want to have a read, uh, I'm sure it's available on all the usual platforms. Um, all right, including my website, I dare say. So joeparner.com.au. So that's what I wanted to share with you. I just wanted to get that excitement off my chest. <laughs> I just I, I, before I hop into the episode today, I just wanted to share that with you because it really is something I am profoundly excited about. I've used the word profound now too many times in this episode already, but you know what I mean. Like deeply, deeply, I am feeling so blessed and grateful that I was able to complete this book. And uh, anyway, so it's all there for you to dive into should you choose to. All right. So today's episode, episode 90. Well, look, this is an interesting one because what I've done here in this episode is I want to actually uh, briefly touch on the five you know, core principles of emotional fitness, which is what the Courage to Be You book is centered on. Uh, more specifically, though, I want to share with you an interesting analogy that um, I thought of a little while ago and, and with an analogy with uh, physical fitness, because of course, when we look at when we think of the words emotional fitness, the word fitness itself conjures up for most of us, you know, a connection to some kind of physical movement or physicality or some sort of physical expression. And um, so, and and for those of you who have been following me for a while, or perhaps who might even know me well, 
you know that I'm a runner and I love running and, and physical physicality is something that I love and exercise and, and uh, strength work and all that sort of stuff is something that I've deeply valued now for such a long time. And so I don't claim at all to be an expert in physical fitness. I certainly am not. What I'm an expert in, in terms of physicality, is my own body and learning how to, you know, exercise it in a way that suits its uh, structure and its type, if that makes sense. Um, but this is not about physical fitness because, as I said, my, my expertise starts and ends with my own body and I have no idea about how to apply that to other people. However, with emotional fitness, on the other hand, that's something that I am an expert in. So what I want to do is I want to, uh, share with you some insights here on how how um, just a, another way of explaining emotional fitness with an an analogy linking it to the varying different you know the varying types of physical fitness that exists. So you know, based on my experience, as I said, of, of my own physical fitness journey, um, I know that there's different types of physical fitness. You know, there's all different types of strength, if you like. There's there's core strength, you know, which is, of course, is very, very important for our, um, you know, just our, our daily functioning, you know, reaching for a glass on the top shelf of a cupboard, for example, bending down to tie up a shoelace or climbing stairs. Our core plays a big role there. I'm, I'm very aware of what I'm saying here, so I don't want to be going too deep into physicality because there are many, many great um, fitness uh, podcasts out there that are experts, but I'm just, I'm, that's as far as I'll go with describing core. So we also have endurance uh, fitness. So, of course, endurance meaning, of course, um, you know, our cardiovascular endurance. There's stability. So the muscles in our body that uh, um, hold us up, if that makes sense. There's also mobility. So mobility is our ability to not only be stable on our feet, but also to be able to move. Uh, and there's also, of course, strength itself, the pure power of lifting something. So uh, the reason why I want to highlight that to you is because when we look at the five core principles of emotional fitness, and we start with the first one, which is the most powerful one, which is identity. So I'm just going to, I just want to read something for you. Before we hop into identity, I just want to read what I actually prepared here for this podcast, because so far I've been just talking to my beautiful microphone here and speaking with you without even reading my notes here that I've actually carefully written down. But what I've written here is just like physical fitness, emotional fitness has many dimensions. The goal of physical fitness is to feel good and move well. The goal of emotional fitness is for us to have a functional relationship with uncertainty. This means that we become equipped with the psychological resources to navigate life's pressures. Similarly, we need the physical resources to handle life's physical demands. Uh, that was my opening sort of paragraph that I wrote here, which makes sense. So where I want to dive into first, of course, is identity, because identity is our primary, uh, is a primary core principle when it comes to the emotional fitness formula. Uh, as I said, that's the, the, the central focus point. The, the five core principles is a central focus point of my book. So identity, of course, is, uh, is, is what we allow ourselves to be defined by. And I uh, correlate identity with core, you know, with our core strength. Um, it's like our psychological core strength. And as I said just a moment ago, core strength is what allows us to perform everyday everyday movements like tying our shoelaces, reaching for a glass on the shelf or whatever it might be. You know, without core strength or with a very weak core, we would experience uh, everyday, you know, everyday activities with a lot more difficulty. And so an identity is just as important or psychologically sits at the core of us, no pun intended, because identity is is what we allow ourselves to be defined by. 
Now, identity, of course, is one of the most, if not the single most powerful force in the human condition. There are, there are many reasons for, for why that's true. Two of the main reasons are, one is that we will do anything, anything to remain consistent with how we define ourselves. And the second thing, which is really, I think, equally, if not even more importantly, is what, how we define ourselves, that particular area of our life that our identity is immersed in, we become hypersensitive to how that area of our life is going. So for example, if I define myself by the results I'm getting in my career or in my business, well, whenever I win or whenever I lose, I'm going to take that really deeply personally because my identity is riding on it. Does that make sense? So I, I become hypersensitized to my wins and losses, which by the way, energetically, psychically, spiritually, emotionally is not a sustainable way of, um, of navigating your professional life. So I see identity as our core and as our core strength. And of course, with identity, what we want to do is, and, and this is what we explore this further, you know, obviously deeper in the book, is that uh, we want to navigate through the various phases of identity where we want to really, you know, rather than uh, defining ourselves by something out there in the environment, so results are something that's external to us, right? The more we define ourselves by something inside of us, you know, by our character. So for example, in, in Courage to Be You, in the book, I, I talk about a case study where I was in a workshop, a situation, this is going back a while ago now, where I was actually delivering an emotional fitness session, to, ironically, to a, uh, a, a local football, AFL football and netball club. And uh, this is over in Victoria. And the captain of the netball team, this really lovely lady, generosity of spirit, just a beautiful soul, um, unfortunately had a reasonably serious knee injury and she was out for the rest of the season and she was experiencing little bouts of depression, which is completely normal, by the way, to experience depression when you're experiencing something very, very difficult in your life. But she was making it even more, more difficult than what it needed to be because she was defining herself um, based on her, her, on her results as captain. So in other words, taking responsibility for the wins and losses of the team. And now that she wasn't on the field, she was still trying to claim responsibilities for the wins and losses, not claiming it outwardly in conversation, but psychologically within herself, she felt responsible for that. And therefore, you know, whenever the team would win or lose, especially if they would lose, it, she would really take, a, take it really, really hard. So we had this conversation and I was sharing with her the insight around we can allow ourselves to be defined by anything we choose. And the more it's something internal within our control, the more power we have over it. So for example, I said to her, what if you defined yourself by your character, not by your role, you know, by who you're being as a woman, as a human being, as a professional athlete, what would change for you then? In fact, in Stoic philosophy, and, and forgive me here, I can't remember the name of the author. I was reading this book uh, on Stoicism and um, this particular lady shares with me shares with me shares as i'm reading the book she shares with me as the reader um there, there are only three things we can control in life one is the character that we want to become or that we are being two the actions that we will take or not take and three how we treat people i mean there's other things i'm sure we can control to a certain degree but these are the three fundamental ones our character our actions and how we treat people and so the more we define ourselves uh, by who we want to become, so that's an internal definition of identity, 
compared to an external definition of identity, the more power we will have because I've got, I've got control. So for example, with this young athlete, by shifting her focus to her character rather than to her role as captain, it changed her completely. Like in, in, a, in one conversation, you could see her body language shift. Her, her facial expression just got brighter. And suddenly it was like, wow, like I never thought of it that way. So it's incredible how a shift in focus of identity can really change the way we feel about ourselves and our lives and our role in it. All right, so the second uh, core principle of emotional fitness is life stage. And I correlate this in the physical world with endurance uh, fitness. So, you know, enduring life's ups and downs uh, over many decades is what we're, we do in life, you know, and most and this most certainly inquire, you know, requires an endurance of spirit, uh, mind and body. So according to the dictionary, endurance means to continue or last, especially despite fatigue, stress or other adverse conditions. It's a pretty dark definition of endurance, if you ask me. <laughs> I'll say that again, the dictionary says that endurance is to continue or last, especially despite fatigue, stress or other adverse conditions. Uh, our life stage, you know, our life stage journey from ambition to meaning equips us with an array of ways to navigate the ever changing landscapes of our lives. So understanding where, where we're at in our life stage from ambition to meaning, understanding where are we on the journey from ego to soul or ego to heart? You know, what are our priorities that are actually changing? And once again, the more externally based and egotistically based um our focuses and where we hang our hats of our values and our beliefs and our identity the more vulnerable we are in, in an unresourceful way but the more vulnerable we are to all kinds of ups and downs and issues that we have emotionally but on the other hand as we traverse across from ambition to meaning where the meaning driven world really becomes about others it's about contribution it's about where we realize that our purpose can only ever be found in service to humanity. And when I say service to humanity, I don't mean in a global scale. For some people, that's what it might be. But service to humanity is more of a, a psychological attitude, which means you take this everywhere that you go because that's who you're becoming or that's who you are. So, for example, you know, in contribution to humanity could, all, could simply mean the way that you walk down a supermarket aisle and greet or acknowledge the existence of a complete stranger walking the other way. That's contribution. That's that's a form of contribution. That's in service to humanity. And of course, you know, we can have businesses or careers or skill sets that serve humanity on a larger scale as well, and everything in between. But I just want to be clear that by service to you, because I've I've met many people who who claim to uh, you know virtually signal to me saying, "Oh, I, I am in service to humanity, doing all these wonderful big things." It's like, well, great. Well, why are you telling me? You know, like these are things that we do from our hearts that we do because um, it's it's the right thing to do or we feel is the right thing to do. So purpose, our purpose can only ever be found in service um, and meaning can only ever be found through contribution. You can't find meaning. You can't. It's, it's a strong statement I'm making here, but you can't have a meaningful existence if you have zero contribution in your life, because if we make our lives purely about us, uh, that's one of the hundreds of roads that leads to depression where we just focus on ourselves all the time. So life stage, the endurance uh, fitness aspect of this is about uh, navigating the ever-changing landscapes that, that we go through every five, ten years of our lives. You know, we, we are continually uh, letting go of things that no longer can be held on to anymore and embracing the new, wh whatever that means. And that's a whole other conversation, I'm sure.
So life stage, the second core principle of emotional fitness, I correlate it with endurance when it comes to the physical world. Then the third core principle is values. And values are what I refer to in my work as our emotional compass, which influences our decision-making, how we spend our time, what we make time for. Uh, in times of uncertainty, stability is what we crave. So I correlate values in, in my emotional fitness work with stability-based fitness, stability-based strength in the physical world, if that makes sense. And so, you know, there are many different expressions of stability in our lives because that's what we crave for when we're facing uncertainty. And one of those is performing activities which, you know, light us up. So, for example, you know, if going for a run or singing a song or playing an instrument turns your spirit on, then this may be one of the best things you could do whilst facing some challenges because it's, it's a healthy way of connecting with um, stability, with, with something you can control and feel connected to and feel comfortable with. Our emotional compass is what guides us through our lives uh, without a shadow of a doubt. So values are often um, very confusing for most people. I have found that, uh, you know, in in the in 90 percent of the workshops I've done on values, I reckon close to 100 percent, but I'll say 90 percent just to leave some room for error, <laughs> is that um, most people don't actually know what their values are. They lack the clarity. And the reason is um, that most people confuse their values with their morals. They confuse their emotional compass, their values, with their moral compass. So what's the difference between a value and a moral? That's a great question. So the difference fundamentally is that a moral is a standard of character. It's a, it's a universal agreement on what's right and what's wrong. Now, by universal, I'm talking about our local community, our local community being, in, in this case that I'm talking about, is Australia. Because, of course, the moral compass changes all around the world. You can go from one culture to a completely different culture and their moral compass is facing a completely different direction. I hope that's making sense. So, but speaking about Western society or generally Australia in general, um, you know, the moral compass is what keeps us on the left-hand side of the road, preventing us from running anyone over on the other side or smashing into a car coming the other way. Does that make sense? So that's a basic example of it, though. But um, we all have a general, like, you know, not to steal, not to kill, not to rob. I mean, these are fundamental, very fundamental, basic moral compasses that most of us, not all of us, but most of us possess and face in the in our moral compasses for most of us is facing the same direction. It's a standard of character. And there's also the then the, the more complex uh, realm of morals, which, of course, is you know, difficult ethical situations of what is the right thing to do. I mean, that, that we're getting more into the gray area there, but that's a whole another conversation around morals. But the point being is that some examples of morals are things like respect, responsibility, honesty, integrity. You know, these are, these are classic uh, moral standards, if you like, but these aren't values. Uh, well, how can you say that? I mean, honesty is one of my values. Sure it is. I, there's an overlap. But most people think that what their morals are, are, are what their values are. A value, and this is a bit of a potentially a contentious issue here, but we'll see how people respond to this when I, because I've written about this in, the, in my book, is a value is more an activity that you enjoy that actually brings you unbridled joy. You know, whatever that activity is, from spending time with one of your sons or daughters or your most favorite person in the world, whoever that is, to you know, doing activities that are physical, musical, creative, intellectual, philosophical, whatever turns your spirit on. These are all expressions of values. We make time for the things that we enjoy doing or that we have prioritized as important. 
And, uh, and these are often tied, if not always tied or connected to some kind of activity. So our values are an emotional compass that guides us toward the things that brings us joy, that brings us sweet satisfaction, that brings us a fundamental level of fulfillment. Um, very, very important distinction. So values aren't necessarily labeled with single words, like, an, like a moral being integrity or honesty. A value can be a sentence, a statement, a, a description of, of an activity that you enjoy doing. Uh, this deserves a lot more detail and a lot more time, this, this topic of values, but uh, that's, that's the, the, the very brief version of it. The fourth core principle of emotional fitness is emotional flexibility. And I've correlated this in the physical world with mobility mobility. So our emotions completely flavor, like completely flavor every part of our experience. And most of our emotions, in fact, our emotions don't respond to facts, they respond to the meaning that we're giving the facts. So becoming a conscious meaning maker gives us the mobility and the flexibility to navigate those stressful days. And that's really, really important. One of the things that's, uh, you know, I love uh, one of my favorite uh, books, one of the most difficult books to read, I believe, is, is a book called Man's Search for Meaning by Dr. Viktor Frankl that I refer to often. And I, and I read that book once every couple of years, once every two or three years, I'll read that book again. Dr. Viktor Frankl was uh, one of the survivors of one of the most extreme concentration camps of World War II. And uh, he, he, just an amazing human being in terms of how he psychologically navigated through uh, something that you know, 99.9% .9 of people that uh, went through that camp didn't survive, right? But one of the things he says is that one of the most important, one of the most single, most crucial moments in our life that we have is that moment between stimulus and response, where something happens, and then we've got a, a micro moment to decide what that means, and how we're going to respond or react. Are we going to react emotionally and out of control? Or are we going to respond in kind? Or are we going to re respond appropriately? Are we going to respond with responsibility? Like how are we going to respond to that particular situation? And that, that, that fine line between stimulus and response, I love how he says that that is one of the most crucial moments we have in our lives. And when it comes to emotions, so we have a stimulus, something's happened. There's an emotion attached to it, but the emotion attached to it is based on the meaning that we've given that particular stimuli, as they say. So what's the meaning that we're giving it? You know, and, and, and what, what's fascinating about that is that you know, there are like three different levels of interpretation here, right? There's the, uh, or three levels of truth, uh, as we, I explore this more deeply in Courage to Be You, but uh, in, you know, in every given moment, we can either operate from an imagined level of truth, where we completely fabricate what this stimulus, this experience means to us, we're just completely making it up. So for example, you know, someone hasn't responded to my text message for four days. Well, what does it mean? Well, I could fabricate a whole story. So it's living at an imagined level of truth, which for most of us doesn't do us any favors. The second level of truth, there are three levels of truth. The second level of truth is um, assumed truth. So assumed truth is more neutral, more a neutral energy where we don't have any uh, story attached to it that's you know fabricated and carrying on. Uh, in dramatic fashion. So for example, someone hasn't texted me back, an assumed level of truth could simply be, they're obviously, you know, they're busy. I, I, I've missed text messages myself because I've been busy. So they're probably busy. It's a neutral energy rather than fabricating a story in terms of why they haven't messaged you back, right? And then the third uh, level of truth is actual truth, which is dealing purely with the facts. I send a text message, whether they've received it or not, I don't actually know. 
So, and then and there's no further commentary, no further story or manufactured drama. So, you know, this is where the, the mobility with emotional flexibility comes is that fine line between stimulus and response. What is the meaning that we are going to give this particular experience in this moment? Because that's going to absolutely influence the quality of how we're going to feel about it. And the fifth and final uh, call, I've just noticed this is a, this is a longish sort of uh, episode today. We're going close to half an hour, DME. I hope I'm not uh, taking too much up of, of your time. I hope you're enjoying this and getting good value. So the fifth and final core principle of emotional fitness is perspective. And I correlate perspective with strength work because has anyone ever said to you when you're caught up in a drama in life, hey, you just need to get things into perspective here. Who's ever been told that? I'm sure we've all been told that. Now, now this matters a lot, uh, understanding perspective, because having a clean perspective gives us access to the bigger picture view of our life and our place in it. Perspective is a great source of strength when it when something significantly challenging has occurred in our day, in our month, in our year. Perspective will often help us get our eyes out of the detail of the drama and, and cause us to look up, if that makes sense, metaphorically, literally, um, for, away from a problem that we are facing and into the bigger picture, you know, purview of where we are heading overall in life. One of the ways to build and create a clean perspective is to know how to instantly access gratitude and appreciation in any given moment. There's always something we can be grateful for. You know, we can always be grateful for the next breath that we're taking. You know, we literally do not know when the last breath is coming. We have no idea. One of my, one, one, a saying that's become one of my favorites in life is that we all have the same hours in the day, but we all don't have the same number of days. You know, we're playing a game where we don't know when the siren's going to blow, you know, like we literally don't know. It can go any moment. Uh, so I correlate perspective with strength. So they're my, they're my five sort of emotional uh, fitness links to physical fitness. I'll just do a little mini recap here and we'll wrap up. Identity, I'll link that to core, our core strength. Our life stage is linked to our endurance fitness. Our values is linked to our stability-based fitness. Our emotional flexibility, I've correlated with mobility. So our, our capacity to move through situations and how we feel will determine the quality of those actions and the effectiveness of those actions of navigating through something that's uncertain. And uh, perspective, the fifth and final core principle of emotional fitness, I've linked with, uh, correlated rather with strength with actual strength itself. So there you have it. So thanks so much for tuning in. I'm going to uh, wrap this up now. And uh, once again, uh, I'm not sure of the actual date in November that you're listening to this uh, podcast, but um, I'm very excited, as I said at the very beginning of this podcast, that Courage To Be You, my book, Courage To Be You, Your Guide to Mastering Uncertainty, uh, has been completed and should be available, what do they say, in all good bookstores, um by the end of the month so and most certainly on amazon and, and all those sort of platforms all right guys thank you so much for tuning in really appreciate it i hope you've enjoyed episode 90 as much as i have delivering it for you and i look forward to reconnecting with you very very soon thanks bye for now i'm joe Parne, and you've been listening to insights the podcast if you haven't yet subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can now follow my insights on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'm looking forward to being with you again very soon. 
in the next episode of Insights, the podcast.